First round, make it count, toss it out, stir up the crowd. Second round, throw it down, knock a out, time to get loud. It's the Two Beer Podcast time. Bienvenidos, Strasvoita, and welcome back to the Two Beers Pod, Pod of the Everyman. I'm Jordan, here with Drew, and we are celebrating a Lomachenko victory this week! Oh yeah. Cause I'm TNT, I'm dynamite! TNT! TNT! Watch me explode! Yes! He is back! It is the Matrix. Loma friggin' Chanko. Oh, reloaded. Re freaking loaded. Man. Yeah. I'm still I'm still pumped after I don't care who he was fighting. I'm still pumped watching him just absolutely dominate in the ring. Woohoo! It so- is the Lomachenko celebration pod i'm just so i'm i'm just i'm just upset that i couldn't find uh, i was like what's like a european beer you know i don't know anything about beer at all i still don't even understand the concept of hops so (laughs) i I couldn't figure it out so i went with uh what do you call it oh well i guess we gotta count it down first (laughs) that's all good ready (laughs) three two one yeah tell me what you got man i got i just got a cape may cafe or a cape may brewery uh the uh, re- tie- really ties the room together just because it's like Big Lebowski and there's some like Europeans in the Big Lebowski and <laughs> Loma's European, so it all kind of works out for everybody. It's the best these, I could do. These men are cowards, Donnie. Don't be afraid. <laughs> uh, I got Surly Brewing Axeman IPA. I had this a couple weeks ago, um, 7.2%. Uh, so I was pleasantly surprised that I still had a couple left in my fridge when I got back from vacation. So here we are. Here we are. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, it happened. The Matrix is reloaded. Lomachenko. Um, you and I both picked him to win on the cards. Um, yeah, I, I, cha- he- I, I, ch- I changed it night of. Yeah, the night of, our, our, our boy Goaf uh, texted us and said, all right, any last-minute changes. I said no. Like I said on the pod, I kind of expected him to do his downloading thing. I expected him to, you know, have a little bit of awkwardness, which there was a little bit of awkwardness just with Nakatani's length. But he did not let that slow him down. I I thought it would go to cards. You said originally on the pod to the cards, but then you switched. Yeah, to to stoppage. I just, uh... (coughs) ooh, wrong pipe. Um, You know, he just, he just, and and everything that you watched and everything leading up, like I, I just felt like he was going for broke. He's like, I'm I'm going to show you that this guy doesn't belong in the ring with me. Tio couldn't stop him. The guy you know, Verito couldn't stop him. I'm stopping this guy. I'm gonna show you guys that I'm still I'm still the man. I, I don't have my belts, but I'm still the man at 135. You know, I don't need to drop down. And I just I just I figured he. I thought he was gonna go in there to stop him, or he was gonna get caught. Like he, like it didn't matter. Like he was gonna put himself in the, the way of danger to do whatever it was gonna take to get that, um, that stoppage. So that's why I changed it. I just was like, eh, 
I think I think that's it. I think he's either gonna he's either gonna lose or he's gonna stop him. And I didn't really believe he was gonna he was gonna lose the fight. But yeah, it was a he was, was aggressive from there the was, jump. Yeah, there was a lot of it was a lot of mixed stuff coming from the the analyst too. Because I I wonder how I wonder how much top rank like before the fight like talks to the guys about like what stories to talk about. Because a lot of it was kind of like. The fight was really more about Tiaf- him and Tiafimo than Nakatani, right? It's a guy like he wants to get back in there. He wants to show that he's a better fighter than Tio to do to this guy what he couldn't do, and to the point where Andre Ward was kind of like, "Yeah, I hope, I'm hoping Loma, like you know, he needs to make sure he's not thinking about like he, you know, it's it's hard enough to fight you know to fight one guy, but when you're fighting three guys, you know, you're you could get yourself in trouble." So. It was interesting going into it, just kind of the way they were um, showing like, like the little montages ahead of time and um, just kind of the feel. So that was like the pregame. Uh, and then, yeah, the fight within 30 seconds, Loma completely just rocked Nakatani's head back to the up against the ropes with a with the strong left. Uh, and he didn't let up. And he uh, did he I have the you have the copy box. No, um... I have the, do you have it? I do. No, I do. Yeah, I was just gonna oh, say. Okay. I got, yeah, I no, totally. I have the. Uh, I, have okay. the co- <laughs> I have the copy box. Um, so yeah, so he threw. Yeah, I mean, so he went. You know, forty landed forty percent of his punches in the first round, thirty-five in the second, forty-three in the third, fifty in the fourth, fifty in the fifth, and it just goes. It gets even more insane as you go down. So I mean, he yeah, he didn't download. He went out. You know, through through 15, 20, 21, 22. He's throwing 20 punches around. Uh, and, you know, he, he was getting inside on Nakatani. He really used Nakatani's height against him. Uh, you know, he ended up he ended up knocking him down in the fifth, which I thought was uh, just a great veteran move. Like, I think as Loma and him got he, – he got close into Nakatani – and as Nakatani was about to go down, he like spread his legs out as he was like doing like the, he did like an Allen Iverson walk over him kind of thing, not to like taunt him, but he wanted to make sure that the refs didn't call like a trip up with the feet. Um, that was like the first thing I noticed. I was like, oh man, that was that was a slick veteran move that he just did there. Uh, just continued to just beat the shit out of him uh, until it eventually the ref just had to stop it in the ninth round. You know, I think the biggest the biggest concern was at the end of the first, uh, they butted heads and Loma got a cut. I guess that was what right right at the top of the hairline is where he yeah, got cut. Yeah, yeah, and and that was again I alluded to a little bit of the awkwardness. So there was a little bit of like clashing of like kind of like chest to chest and and head to head, shoulder to shoulder type thing where it was Loma trying to both get inside and sidestep. And Nakatani trying to come forward, but with with the with the reach advantage and the height differential, it that's where there was a little bit of awkwardness in the fight. Um, which when I saw Loma start to do his like step around when the when he steps around his opponent's lead foot, and that's when he starts to change all the angles with like his matrix stuff. That, that, and that I think he started doing it at the end of the first or into the second. I was like, okay. Like he did it once or twice, and then the third he was like doing it like more confidently, and I was like, okay, he, this he's back. This is gonna be yeah. A after 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 he got his ra- after he got the range down. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
you know what's crazy? Oh man! This, hey, spe- the- speaking of the compu box, sorry, just just wanted to add this before no, we moved on. But fifty nine percent landed as power punches. Eighty nine power punches. Total Oof. total connections. Loma one hundred and four. Nakatani twenty nine. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say, what's crazy? And Nakatani is, threw two fifty, and Loma only threw two fourteen. That that's insane. Here's, here's here's what's nuts, and I think what people and what people miss this in the Tio fight. Um, because of the inactivity of Loma the first seven rounds. Nakatani was known for his good, like, with his first right hand, but he, he has a he has a solid one, too, right? So he's got a decent jab. Like, that's kind of what his, that's his style. He, he controls you with the jab, and then he sets up his right hand. Total jabs, round one, 0 for 11. Round two, 0 for 6. Round three, 2 for 18. Round four, 0 for 9. Round five, 1 for 14. Round six, 0 for 12. Round seven, 0 for 16. Round eight, 0 for 18. Round nine, 0 for 8. That's insane. My, my gosh. That's just a bunch of dude. So in the nine rounds, he had zero. He put up zeros of landing his jab. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's <laughs> that's just nuts. I mean, Loma, like I, I think is he's he's such an aggressive fighter offensively that people forget just how good defensively he is. And if you go back and watch all the videos that he put out to try to you know show like why, why people when people were like oh like you're you know this draw stuff's nonsense like he's just showing like to missing him all over the place because he you know even though he wasn't as aggressive offensively i mean he was still getting out of the way of a lot of stuff minus that 12th round so pretty pretty impressive um yeah i mean the style I mean, listen nakatani we said it in that fight dude that dude's a tough son of a bitch i don't know like there was a point in i think it was the sixth sixth or the seventh round where loma loma hurts him and he has him on the ropes, and maybe Loma was Loma. Nah, he didn't even. I rewatched it. I've only watched it a couple times. Um, Loma wasn't even being that cautious. It made he just he couldn't put him out. Like he just you know Nakatani wouldn't go down. He kept swinging. Um, he was trying to get you know you know keep Loma at bay with the uppercuts, and then in the ninth he just you know he 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 cut him on the eye, and I think it, I think it was the same eye where he had the cracked orbital bone um, that got hurt the last two fights. And like Loma, you could just tell like he was he just kept attacking that, and then it, there was just nothing. Nakatani, I, it got to the point in the ninth. I thought the ref was gonna stop it earlier than he did because like Nakatani like can barely stand up. Like his knees were like just sagging, and he's just grabbing Loma for dear life at that point. Um, yeah, until it's finally stopped. So it was exciting stuff. Um, Here, here's here's the one thing I'll I'll I'll, I'll say and. Um, Nakatani. So, of his twenty, what is it, twenty nine punches that he landed? Yeah, seventeen of them were body shots. Yes. He actually outlanded. Like Loma only landed fourteen body shots, and Nakatani landed seventeen. And that, oddly enough, that had me a little concerned because I was because that's if you're gonna be if you're gonna choose where to land, the body's where you want to land because that that wears your opponent down and that that tests their. Uh, their their um stamina and yeah. and their conditioning and so that's where i was like oh okay like like loma's dominating but are these are these body punches gonna add up yeah well and i mean they did that's not the, they did not so and that's the uh you know that's that's the trade-off when you're gonna get when you're the smaller fighter and you're gonna get inside like you're gonna get hit so it's like where you know you have to yeah. you have to be prepared for that and he was yeah you know, he was willing to take it yep although exactly. it was funny where I mean t- I mean Bradley kept bringing it up he's like oh Loma doesn't like to get hit you know hit to the body no fighter does um, 
yeah, I mean, I you know, it didn't look like he was hurt um, with the shots that were landed. But, yeah, I, I agree. And that's why, again, you know, people that are, you know, oh, Loma was a sore loser, like his comment about the judges. Some some A judge actually gave Nakatani two rounds in this fight, which is – I don't even know how that's even possible. So for people that think that Loma's crazy, that American judges are biased against like, – some of them are just biased against him, like – how do you have two rounds? We we gave we gave Nakatani one round. I think I gave him the third, and it was only because I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to just have Loma goggles on. And I thought Nakatani hit him with some good body shots, but like when I really went when I went back and looked at it, Loma outlanded him nine, nine to four, nine to four in that round, mm-hmm. uh, four to two on the power punches. I mean, it just. It, that even that was a loma round, but again, I was just kind of like, all right, I don't want to, I don't want to just keep adding up loma rounds because, you know, I, I, that that was it. Like, but I was like, outside of that, like, what what round, what what other? I don't, I, I didn't look to see what. Oh, they gave him the eighth round. They gave Nakatani. Yeah, I got it right here. Yeah, they Nakatani got the dude. They actually gave that this guy actually gave Nakatani the fourth round. The okay, fourth, so he the, gave the, the fourth, fourth round and the eighth round. Yeah, he landed. Well, the, the he landed. Two, round was, he landed two punches. In the eighth round, how do you get that? Yes. Like, how does he? How do you, how do you give him that round? I don't, I, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, nine to two, dude. That's what I'm saying. It's just like it's it's insane to me how, um, you know, whatever. Like, and I always go back to the Gary Russell Jr. fight, like Lomachenko in his third professional fight. Gary Gary Russell's awesome. He he absolutely dismantled him, destroyed him, and there were a judge one ju- one judge called it a draw, which is ridiculous. And then the other two had it one sixteen, one twelve. But like Lomachenko beat him like every round, and it was nuts. I'm just like, yeah, like some of these guys, like they just don't like they don't like Loma. They don't like Loma. Um, so like to me, like it's not crazy to say that judges some of the and it, well, whatever. I won't get into which judge it was that gave gave the two rounds. So very similar to the judge who scored the TO fight one nineteen, one oh nine. That's all I'll say. Um, yeah. Yeah, crazy fight. I, I, you know, it sets up it's a couple things. One, I, I love all the the Loma haters who before the fight, uh, it was all you heard before. And we talked about it on the podcast. All you heard before the fight was, man, don't sleep on Nakatani. Nakatani, he's a live dog. I, I don't think, I don't think if Nakatani wins, yeah. it's it's going to be an upset. It's right. all you heard from a lot of like Loma haters. And then after Loma absolutely destroys him and does to and you know outclassed him in every way, shape, and form. Uh, all the all those guys are like, oh, well, you know, it's not the same Nakatani that Tio fought. Like Tio Tio cracked his horrible boat, and Verdeo messed him up, and Loma, Loma was getting the uh, the washed up version of Nakatani. I'm like, so so which is it? So did it was so why why so if he was gonna beat Loma, he he was gonna beat. Was Loma, he a live it, dog or was he was yeah, he a, was dude, he a it's like, You know, whatever, man. That's just that. It's just boxing Twitter. It's just so I I thought NBA Twitter was ridiculous, but man, ever since we started getting our own following these boxing guys on the R the two beers twitter account it's insane some of these like these 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 people i'm just like dude whatever um you know it is what it is uh that was awesome um and then the big news after the fight so tiafima lopez senior was there um with his stupid hat and glasses if anybody cares about this guy at one Uh, point the camera mistook him for um Oh, uh, Gene Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> um, he just irks me so much. Like I just don't like him. Oh um, yeah, he's a, well. And, the, the ridiculous thing was it was uh, okay. Like Tio, he uh, our boy Dan over at CompuBox did an interview with Tio, and Tio was like, 
He's like, I don't want to fight Loma again. He's like, I he's like, I fight him nine more times. I beat him nine more times. I, he got nothing for me. Da 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 da. Well, guess what? Now it's the most inevitable thing in the world. Now that they move this Triller fight 17 times and they can't sell tickets and maybe he's faking COVID, maybe not, because he's supposed to be in COVID protocols, maybe, but then his dad says, no, he's out of COVID protocols. He's vacationing in Italy with his wife, which they immediately then cut cut the mics. It was so weird. Because they didn't want they, him and Bob Arum are basically negotiating live on air. Yeah, the, the and top Loma ranks Janko like fight. you could you could you could hear in, in in your head the top rank people getting like ESPN cut cut the mic <laughs> cut it. <laughs> yeah, so, for sure. I, and so everyone's like, wait, is Tio in Italy? Is he at home like recovering? Like how is he? Yeah, on? it's a, it's like wait a minute. He just caught. He just he just tested positive for COVID. Um, what do you call it? Like. Not even a full two weeks ago. How how is he traveling right now? Like how is that? How how could he go to Italy? Right? I get. I didn't believe. Like, I definitely didn't believe any of this nonsense that he's faking COVID because the fight wasn't selling tickets and the you know the the two million pay per view buys that his dad thought they were getting definitely wasn't going to happen. But now like the fact that like there's these mixed stories of where he is and like what's going on like I'm kind of like now now I'm kinda, raises in the words of uh, Always Sunny raises a reasonable doubt. It really this does. This is a reasonable doubt. I'm just like, and at the end of the day, and now they're all like, "Listen, I think I convinced my, I can convince my son to take the fight." Like, listen, that's you know they and I, I have, I totally respect Tio for having the balls to fight, to want to fight Loma, want to fight the best guys, this, that, and the other thing. Completely, uh, you know, I love that. We want to see all these guys fight all the top guys. That's what we want. Uh, but you know, they, they, you know, they, they. Uh, they mocked top rank for not wanting to overpay them for a mandatory fight with Cambosis. They do this Triller thing and they have all these, they said, you know, especially like, that's why I don't like the dad. Like the, I compare this guy to, um, what's his name? What's the ball's dad's name? Uh, Lonzo or, uh, LeVar. LeVar. Like he just is like it, 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 these lofty expectations now that he's put on this kid being like the next pay-per-view superstar. Like now, if the numbers aren't coming in and the tickets aren't there, you now set him up for when, when you know, a tank promoter or another promoter comes in. It's like, now we're the A side. You just, you guys just headlined and you were terrible. And so now they know where the money is. The, the money's to go back and fight Lomachenko. So now they need Lomachenko to get a big payday. Um, Bob Arum told him that live on air. He that goes, was awesome. He, yeah, he, yeah. He said, Arum. he said, he just made you a lot of, a lot money, of money here tonight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, and that was funny too, because he's like, yeah, I'm getting a lot of offers from international sites. And then, uh, what's his name? Tio Senior's like, yeah, maybe we do it in the garden. Yeah, let's do it in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah dude, uh, you know, Sheik uh, Avi wants to have that fight out in uh, in Dubai. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, yeah, it was fun. That whole inter- – and even, even – um, Agus, who's uh, Loma's manager, there was you could see them talking. It was a couple of YouTube clips, like after the fight, talking to Tio Senior, um, and saying that they're gonna that they'll make the fight happen. It just has to happen after the Cambosis fight because they want to move up to to one forty here in the in the near future. So we're gonna get it. Uh, what's your? I don't have anything else. I tried to find the viewership because I was really it was on ESPN Plus. So I apologize if we didn't say that last week. But uh, what what's your initial take on the rematch? Um, I think Loma beats him this time. I really do. Uh, Tio's still dangerous. I mean, he has that power. He's he's. I don't know if he's as good as Tank, but he's he's kind of like almost right there. Um, that being said, 
if Loma stays healthy, I I don't know if Tio is ready. It might be one of those. It, honestly, it's kind of headed towards a trilogy. It, 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 other than egos, it's kind of headed towards a trilogy because I I, I don't know if Tio's ready for the real Lomachenko, and um, I think once he realizes what the Matrix is about and changing the angles, I I, I think Tio can get him. That being said, I'm sorry. I think Loma can get him. That being said, I don't know, man. I, anything could happen for sure. Like it's 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 right there. It's right even. It's it's the fight that should be made, um, and it's it's what we want. Um, go ahead and you tell me, and then I, I want to jump in here with a quote. So go ahead. I think Lopez wins the rematch. Do you really? I, well, here's and here's why, and I, I'm going to give Tio credit because the one thing, and this is what's different about Lopez from the other guys at 135 that Lomachenko's fought with. The one thing that Tio doesn't get enough credit for, because I don't, I don't think they they show it enough. He really did a great job of stopping the angles every time Loma tried to shift to the left. Tio did a great job of getting his left forearm and pushing Lomachenko back to not allow him to get that matrix angle. And I think that I just think that Tio is just naturally he's he's not taught like these other guys that Loma's fighting at 135 are taller and have the reach, but they're not broad like like Lopez is. So Lopez has that extra Girth's not the right word, but you know what I mean? To where he's able to do that. Now he can, he can get wide and yeah. be quick enough to cut him off. And so listen now, is the reason yeah, why but, is but is the reason is the reason why he was able to do that so easily was cause was it because Lomo was so afraid to throw because when he's moving, he's going you know, the, the Loma right. had a limited arsenal. But that's what, what I'm saying. saying. Like, yeah, yeah, so was it could he not fight the could he is it because he couldn't he was He couldn't go to, both ways. He, he wasn't go trying to way. throw the jab. So yeah. um and again, to your point, Tio did a really the other thing that really impressed me that you didn't see him do in a lot of fights because he just you know was always trying to be a knockout artist. He did a great job of going to the body on on Lomachenko um, in the fight. Uh, maybe it may, maybe it'll change as we get closer. We'll see how he fights against Cambosis because uh, Cambosis is a good, I mean, he's a good fighter. He's nineteen and zero. Like you know, he's not he he he, sh- he shouldn't overlook him. I think he's not nothing. No, no. I think, you know, I don't know how COVID, if he really has COVID, and now like, it's funny that we're saying that, but, you know, if that, if we've seen we've seen guys that have gotten it, like, not look sharp their next fight. You know, if he comes, I know he's got the asthma, th- if that's even real. I don't know. That's also been rumored if that's real. But, like, if he's if he's affected, like, you know, Cambosis has some power, man. Like, you know, he could he could catch Tio and, um, and pull off the upset. Like, it can happen, but. I don't uh, know about all that, but he he might uh, if he was if he's even able to step to Tio, I'd I'd be impressed, quite honestly. Yeah, well that's what I'm saying. I don't know if 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 he's really. I, I'm not yeah. saying about a win. I'm just saying if he could even press him, I'd be I'd be impressed. Yeah, we'll see. I uh, so yeah, I think I think I think my gut feeling now is that that Lopez would still win the remake because and the fact that they're willing to do it again, I think they have a lot of confidence that they're going to beat him. Because even if it's a big payday, like I don't, if they, if I think if he thought that he was going to lose, like if they didn't feel good about their chances, I don't think they would do it. And maybe they they still may not, like just because his dad's. All right, here's my thing though. Go ahead, say your. Here, here, so my only thing about that is, well, one thing I'll say off, uh, which I which I did not take into account, youth is a factor, and and he's like ten years younger. So I mean, that's that's oh, legit. Yeah. Yep. But here's my other thing. Is Vasily Lomachenko going to go down as one of the best ever? 
I yeah. think he I I yeah. think he can't. Okay, well if he is, then you don't go and lose twice to Tiafimo. Like you beat him once. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. I, I that's just that's just what I'm saying. Like it's like, just it's some of these some of these guys it's hard. Like a lot of the guys a lot of the guys that start na- like, name your top ten or fifteen best boxers ever and did they ever get like didn't Roy, didn't Roy Jones lose the tar for twice? What wasn't that later though? What do you, well, I mean, Loma's thirty-three. Like Loma's. Yeah, Loma. I, yeah, I know. Yeah, but it's not. Yeah, uh, my, my, I, I, my, I view my, that thing, a little bit differently. The, the thing with Loma is because he started professionally later. Later, right? He that, didn't that's what like I'm a lot. He didn't start like he didn't start at one eighteen and then go one eighteen, one twenty. You know what I mean? And dominate yeah. all his weight. He started at like his natural weight, which was one twenty-six. He had to move up to 130 because nobody would fight him at 126 to unify because he wanted to be undisputed there. Then at 130, I, I didn't even realize this either. Forget Tank. Like they also couldn't get Burchell to fight him, which I was shocked to hear that when I was uh, I was reading some articles um, earlier uh, yesterday. Nobody would fight him there, so now he has to move up to another. You know what I mean? Like he keeps moving up, but like he already naturally like was already set at his weight when he started fighting. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. You know he's the listen fastest. You know fast or one. He's got the record for winning a world championship in three fights. He's the fastest three weight champion ever at eight professional fights. Um, you know he's he's fought this. This was only the second fight of his career that wasn't a, a championship fight. I I still think he's. I mean I think he's up there. Is he, yeah. Is he top five now? But I think he's. You know I, I think his name goes down as one of the best. Uh, the best that's ever in there. Two gold medals. I mean, I know you don't, whatever. Two gold medals. I mean, yeah. 96 and one as an amateur. I mean, sometimes if he's just, you know, I mean, 407 well, and three across all fights. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's insane. Um, you know, and that's sometimes there's just a guy you can't beat. It just is what it is. Like Mike Tyson couldn't beat a Vanda Holyfield. I mean, and Mike Tyson's one of the greatest of all time. I, again, that's, that's not, so basically, then are we seeing? So if he loses the TO again, then that's the end of Lomachenko. Basically, no, I don't think so. I think Loma keep. I think he'll keep. Well, fighting. when when was it the end of Roy Jones when he lost to Tarver twice? Was it the end of Mike Tyson when he lost to Holyfield twice? Like that's that's what I'm saying. Like I I I don't think that's why I'm saying I think Lomachenko gets him on the next yeah, one. Yeah, he might. Anyway, we we beat the dead horse. Here's the uh, here's the quote. And then, and then we'll move on. It's Loma, but, uh, it's, it's Loma week. We can we can talk about him as much. That, as that we is want. true. That is true. <laughs> um, Loma asked about Tio's team, suggesting that he'll have to make concessions in order to secure the rematch. <laughs> you asked me about money. A question for me. I've always answered your question. I've always told. In boxing, I only want the legacy. Only legacy. And that is why he is number one on this pod and in our hearts. Loma Shaco. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Like the, I love, I love how like the, they're gonna, like they they got some power play. It, like even the first fight, it's like why why would you guys have a fifty fifty split? Like that made no sense. I'm just like who, yeah, who Loma- cares? Lomachenko doesn't care about. Yeah, that. Yeah, no, he doesn't. He, he, he just, just, he like, just wants, just, like that's okay. the other reason why it's like he's in this for all the right reasons, man. Uh, I don't know. I'm yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I, listen, I'm, I'm, yeah. Trust me. I'm. Hey, hey. Funny, funny side story. I, I, I didn't know if I could weave this in here or bring it up, but so Maybe I was that. at the, I was at the beach. I think I told you this, and I was on the boardwalk up in Bethany Beach, Delaware. Mm-hmm. And this, it was a, it was a foreign guy uh, uh, that was uh, serving me French fries, and he, I swear this dude was Ukrainian. And I was like, "Hey, are you Ukrainian?" He's like, "No, no." He's he's like, "Have you ever seen um, 
Oh, what's the movie I told you, Drew? Have you ever seen um um oh, it's the one about the Albanians? Oh, I did. Yeah, War Dogs. Yeah, I've seen War Dogs. Yeah. yeah, he's like, have you ever seen War Dogs? I'm like, no. And he said, oh, okay. And then that was the end of our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that awkward in real life. Oh, he was a nice guy. I gave him a good tip because he, he kept, oh, man, I had to go back there like three times for like more napkins and stuff. Anyway, That's I, that, I, I was locked in for Loma week. Um, I love it. I love it. Good stuff. Um, okay, so there was a, another really big fight this week. Which we did not order just because of the way things were happening, but we did end up. I ended up seeing a bootleg version. Did you? Nah, I, everything that was on YouTube was like it was all like chopped up angles and like stupid like video or like cell phones. I was like, all right, I'm not gonna waste my time. I'll wa- I'll wait till Saturday to watch it. Yeah. So um, I yeah, that's that's basically how I saw it. And man, I swear it was like PBC trolls who were calling it like fight of the year and stuff and. I, I didn't think that it was fight of the year at all. Now that being said, it did was I zone a, out? Did you even, did you even say what fight we're talking about? Tank, tank versus Barrios. I was uh, about to say it next. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. But but Barrios pressed Tank, uh, and, and Tank was moving up two weight classes from one thirty to one forty, trying to get this fake ass belt. And uh, let me let me pause here. Let me pause. I'm going to say this, everyone. Josh Taylor is the unified champion. Undisputed, undisputed undisputed at 140 Josh Taylor is the unified undisputed champion at 140 Josh Taylor did not fight a fake undisputed match versus Jose Ramirez Correct. a month or two back that was not fake that was a real undisputed unification fight at 140 that's your unified undisputed champion at 140 josh taylor so tank is amazing i love tank yeah he he has all the skill in the world plus power he he's up he's must watch this whatever belt he's holding right now 140 is fake i'm sorry totally fake that being said barrios uh you know pressed him he did he 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 uh you know he 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 was game he showed up um he won several rounds. He probably ended up winning more rounds than Tank. Maybe it was close. Um, not per the scorecards. Not. I think it was even on the scorecards, right? And that's how I. I actually had it. I think. I think that's right. I think it was even on the scorecards. I had Tank up around plus three for the knockdowns. Um, so I had Tank up by a wide margin, and then in uh, whatever round it was nine or ten or whatever and uh floyd comes over to tank's corner and is like hey you know on the unofficial you're down so you know might want to go for it and sure enough was it i think it was the 11th actually did tank did was that the uh the same round that he knocked him out when floyd did that no no i think i think floyd did that in the ninth and i think he knocked him out in the 11th yeah yeah and um yeah, sure enough, uh, he he uh, with a with a body, body shot. shot. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess technically it was TKO. He got up and then he was putting it on him, and the ref had to jump in. But um, yeah, Mario Barrios was game. Um, I again, I didn't see it as fight of the year, and I did watch a bootleg version. So maybe, like you said, Drew, we'll watch it this weekend and, and see what was time, true. Yeah. yeah, and I 
and to your point, yeah, like listen, like and I think Tank showed a lot more. He was able to show a lot more of his boxing skills in this one because he had to. Just because again, Barrios pressed him. He had the reach. He had the size. Like with Santa Cruz, it was all about it was it was all about just measuring him up. Like he, you know, Santa Cruz kept coming at him. He's the lighter fighter. He could take shots. He was just setting him up for that uppercut. You know, the the knockdowns he had in this fight was uppercut, overhand right, like left hook to the body. Like he. He he had a bunch of different punches where he was able to show show his power. Um, probably the coolest thing he did was when he did a friggin' Shawn Michaels backflip off the top rope. Which if I was one of his managers, I would have like been like so nervous that oh my god he might like he might blow his knee out from doing that. Or Achilles on the landing. or Yeah, because those ropes like like those ropes aren't like super tight. <laughs> yeah, they're bungee. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I was just like oh my god, I couldn't believe when he did that. Um, yeah, it was insane. But yeah, dude, Tank and you know listen, Tank, I think Tank is one of the best fighters. Um, that's in you know active today. He just you know, again, it's their business. Like if that's they 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 want to monetize him as much as they can, and then eventually get him you know get the big fights after he's kind of accumulated enough cash, enough wins. Um, like they're gonna pick when they're gonna fight these guys, which you know it is what it is. Like again, that's why a lot of people have been going off this week because his. I forget the guy's name, Leroy Leonard, whatever his name is, the manager, not May- Leonard Ellerby. Yeah, is he what is he the president of like Mayweather Promotions? What like what is that, he? Uh, is it Leonard Ellerby? Is that the guy? Yeah, name? that's who he is. Like he was basically saying, oh, you know, that's our. I mean, Josh Taylor is a great fighter. He's got the belts, but no one knows who he is. You got to bring something to the table to fight Tank. Like I, I consider us at this point pretty solid, knowledgeable boxing fans. I've I'd never heard of Al uh, before it was announced that he was fighting Tank this week, this past weekend, I'd never heard of this guy. They already um, announced Tank's next fight. No, no, no. The guy he just fought—that's oh. his nickname. Uh, Barrios' oh, nickname oh, is oh. Al Azteca. Oh, oh yeah. The yeah. guy I never heard of this guy, so I'm just like, well, what's this guy bringing? To like, I, I, Lomachenko said that on the broad, ESPN broadcast. Yeah, he was like, yeah, I never about Tank, and he's like, I don't know this guy. He's yeah, like, I've never seen him fight. Does he have, does he have skill? <laughs> Yeah, and so like that's why it's just like what, what do you mean, like what do you mean what is Taylor like in the in the U.S. like Taylor doesn't bring it you got to bring something to get in the ring with Tank so I mean yeah it it is what it is I, I just I'd like to see him fight you know I, I want to see him fight Garcia next just to punch this guy out because I can't stand Ryan Garcia's nonsense anymore I was I, I liked him about a year and a half ago. exactly like I, he's too much now even it's too six much. Mo- even three months ago I liked him and it's just like all this nonsense it's like. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, he 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 doesn't he ducks. He, he, he as soon as he lost he lost me as soon as he said belts don't matter. It's like, okay, you're 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 done. Yeah, and especially because it was directed at like Tio, who like actually beat like a real world champion. Like it wasn't some bullshit yeah. fake stuff. Um. Yeah. Then he he ducks Haney, which that was the easiest fight to make in boxing. To go, he's gonna fight Fortuna. Then he backs out because of his mental health. Then he's vacationing, doing all this stuff. Then he's talking shit about Haney, like when he beats Linares, and now he's like, "Oh, I can't wait to get back." Blah blah. I'm like, "Dude, no one cares." Like now, like go go fight. Like actually, go get into a fight with somebody that like anyone cares about. So I want to see Tank just knock his head off um, at this point. Uh, but yeah, like Tank, I- I'd love to see Tank Shakur at 130, man. Like that'd be awesome. Like you know. Oh my gosh. That'd be so great to watch this guy. Or Valdez. Like, to me, it's like if you're 
Tank eats everybody alive at 130. Yeah, and that's the problem. It's kind of like, and I was watching. Um, There's like nobody for him to fight other than Loma, which he doesn't. He ain't. He ain't trying to catch that smoke. Well, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Actually, surprised. And I, and I even. I, I take that back. He well, yeah, versus two, Loma would be a fantastic. Fight. Yeah, well, that's. I mean, Loma's been. But chasing, Mayweather. Yeah. Mayweather said they don't want to go outside of PBC. So no, and I mean Loma wanted to fight him two years ago, and he wouldn't fight him. Um, now that's why I thought maybe now that would happen after he lost to Tio, because maybe there was a sense of vulnerability that okay, like it's it's time. Yeah, that'd be a great fight. Um, and that's tank how you, that's how I, that's, tank versus any of these guys. That's how you know how good Davis is because Lomachenko only wants to fight. I know we're fanboys, but I mean, it, the proof's in the pudding. Loma only wants to fight champions, and he only wants to fight the best fighters. And the fact that he wanted to get in the ring with Davis just tells you how good he thinks Davis is. Um, and he's not about money, so he doesn't. It's not like he wants a big payday. You know what I mean? Like it's not like the guys Loma. chasing. Yeah, he's yeah. Not it's not. It's not like face. the guys chasing Canelo to get paid. Like he like like he just wants to fight Tank. So we'll see um, who he fights. My it was so funny. We were joking after. Yeah, I was he, gonna say bring this up. Yeah. Remember after after he won the fight, um, I was joking. And you're like, who do you think he fights next? You said some names. I was like. Yeah, I bet you. I bet you he ends up fighting like Jojo Diaz, if, or the winner of like Jojo Diaz and Fortuna, whoever whoever wins the fight. And then somebody said right after the fight that Jojo it was Diaz. Jojo Diaz, yeah, Jojo oh, Diaz yeah. was like, oh yeah, come fight me after I beat Fortuna. And yeah. I was like, I was like, Drew, did you know that Jojo Diaz tweeted this when you said that? And you were just, I was like, nah, it just like, it makes no. it just makes sense. It's like that's that's like that's the guy he'll fight next. It's like, uh, why? Like, what's the like, what's the point, man? You go fight Jose Ramirez at 140. Like, you don't have to fight Josh Taylor if you don't want to, you know, if he doesn't bring anything to the table. Like, how, I don't, how, if you're going to tell me that uh, this Azteca guy that Barrios brings more to the table than, like, Jose Ramirez, I, I, no, I, I don't know what to tell you. Now, Jose so, Ramirez is, is ranked number two in that weight class. And, and I mean, you're going to tell me he doesn't have a strong fan base, like a strong, you know, strong guy, or Valdez or Burchell. Like, get in the ring with Burchell. Like now, Burchell's yeah. invincibility's there. I mean, and again, I don't want to hate it. Like you, these guys can do whatever they want to do. But I was listening to, the, I was watching the the zone. They do little like specials now. I was at the gym. I was running out of stuff to watch because I wouldn't watch the basketball game. And Chris Mannix was talking to um, that one dude Sergio, and he's like, all this like the the bad the, the bad part about what this does to Tank is like it just makes you think that they don't that they think he can't he's not good enough to beat all these good guys that are out there. And that's why they won't put him in the ring with them. So yeah, yeah. and at your point, I think he yeah, I think he eats everybody up at one thirty. Him and Shakur would be interesting because of the I, way I don't think so. I do the way Shakur fights. I think it would be interesting. I don't think so. Ah, right, fair enough. I, Shakur doesn't like the Shakur was afraid of that African dude. That's What's true. The, uh, I mean, Tank is somebody to legitimately be afraid of. I think Tank would stop him inside eight rounds. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you're right. Um, I think. Oh, I definitely think Tank would win. I just think it would be. I think. I think Tank would embarrass him. Okay. I think it'd be an interesting fight. You know, um, we'll, we'll we'll never see it though. No, we won't. No, we won't. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all some right. Some other some other fight news. Uh, September twenty fifth, most likely, we're gonna see Anthony Joshua fight uh, Alexander Usyk. For the uh, yeah. for Joshua's heavyweight title, so that just got that's not official. Eddie Hearn made sure to say that's not an official date. They will be fighting. That is AJ's next opponent, um, but the date's not a hundred percent confirmed. But that's the date that they are eyeing uh, for that. I guess it. Speaking I guess it'll of AJ Usyk, um, I guess we're like only two or three weeks away from Fury Wilder three, eh? Three weeks, bro. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. Can't wait. Can't wait till we do those predictions. You're going to just be so mad at me. Um, no, no, I don't think so. Um, and then uh, Don Air versus um, uh, Casemiro fell apart. Yes. In, in, a, in a heartbeat. Um, so, so look for – so in a way, Don Air probably happens now. Pro- probably, yeah. Or, or in a way, Casemiro. Something's going to happen. Um, yes. with Inouye. Um, Inouye's probably not going to get the, the, another busy fight. He'll probably get one of, one of those two now. And then I guess Rigondeaux's going to be in the mix somewhere. Good um, point. Yeah, does Rigondeaux, maybe, maybe they put that he's back Somebody's on. mandatory, right? Maybe they <laughs> put that, yeah. Well, because he was going to, he, he stepped aside so Donair could go in there and unify. So I guess, yeah, I guess maybe he's, maybe he, I mean, that, that, that pay-per-view date's already been slotted. So maybe he, uh, maybe, maybe he steps back in and fights. Yeah, I don't know. 118, um something but um and then this upcoming weekend no big fights um it's chris colbert what did i say drew he was ranked number nine in at, the 130 at, division in, yeah yeah i mean whatever he doesn't really do it for me uh, uh he's it's on showtime i'll tune in just because there's probably not gonna be a lot else on maybe, maybe some a playoff uh hockey no not hockey i'll get to that but maybe a playoff basketball game on saturday um but uh, d- did you want to talk about uh, Chris Colbert at all? No, I think he'll win. I mean, I think he's going to win the fight. I, again, I, yeah, I honestly, I, I don't know much about him. Um, I know his, I know who he is. I just haven't watched him fight. Uh, yeah, he's either 15-0 or 18-0, whatever, with with only like six or seven knockouts, uh, whatever. I don't know. Um, all right, I think that wraps up boxing this week, eh? No oh, man, that was that's, we haven't we haven't gone that long in boxing in a while. I love it. Oh, it was it was. Ju- I mean, it's Lomachenko week, baby. I'm TNT. Dot oh my. So I'll get through the rest of my stuff here quickly. I got some notes here. Um, NHL update. So Tampa Bay, Montreal. Um, first Canadian team in there since the Canadians. Oh no, I take it back. It's been what ten years since Vancouver lost in Game Seven in the Stanley Cup. Um, Montreal was in there in 1993. Uh, these Tampa Bay and Montreal are typically division rivals, so it's so strange to see them in the Stanley Cup uh, together. Tampa Bay is already up two nothing. Game one, they kind of dominated. Uh, it was five one. Um, to me, the biggest standout thing was it was six minutes left in the third. Sergachev basically took down Gallagher. Gallagher's helmet flew off. He got tackled headfirst into the ice. Gallagher's head was bleeding everywhere. And some people thought Sergachev was dirty. Like I talked, like my dad, you know, was saying how Gallagher's a punk. He's always in there trying to mix it up. To me, it just looked like typical NHL nonsense. It's like after the play, they're down 4-1 at that point. So they're just going to you know, their teams are just mucking it up. It's a physical game. Uh, the whistle's already blown. Like, people are ripping each other's helmets off. They're face-washing each other. They're punching each other. They're tackling each other. And if there was no blood, would there even be any penalties? The NHL's a joke. It, they should make a rule that there's you don't touch anybody after the whistle. You know, just like every other sport. <laughs> uh, it, it's so frustrating. I just... And so it was a good, it was a cool, the guy was okay. Like if he was laying like lifeless, that would have been bad, but it was cool. Cause it, I mean, he had blood everywhere and it, Tampa Bay fans were cheering and uh, whatever. I don't, I don't even care. It's just ridiculous. NHL uh, game two, Tampa Bay won three to one. 
They had two instances of puck luck here. It was a much tighter game. Um, it was 1-1 game at the end of the second, and there was a, a crossing pass where uh, Blake Coleman, uh, of all the guys on freaking Tampa Bay, little-known Blake Coleman, dives and one hand swings his stick and chips it past Carey Price with .3 seconds left to take a 2-1 lead into the third. Uh, and then towards the uh, the back half of the third, uh, Andre Pallott, uh very lazy D-to-D pass behind the net. And Pallott, before Carey Price could even realize what's going on, just steals the D-to-D pat, one-times it, uh, banks it in off of him. Uh, puck luck. Um, hey, you know what? To me, smell that? That's smelling like a four or five game series. I, I think I think Tampa Bay is 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 going to put them away. Now I will say this: um, Montreal is known for just having just like the deepest, h- hardcorest Canadian fan base there is. Like, uh, you know, they're going to be singing some French national anthem up in there. It's it's going to be wild. I I actually think Montreal might take this game three. Um, but I think Tampa Bay kind of steals game four and closes out in game five is what I'm thinking. Okay. Now, oddly enough, Drew, we always say about how ridiculous the travel days are for NBA. Because it's an international travel, check this out. There's no game tonight on Thursday, no game Friday, no game Saturday, no game Sunday. They play Monday the 5th. It's like four or five days. And I'm sitting there trying to figure out when the heck is game three? freaking monday because i and i guess it's because the the canadian travel and canada's still all locked down from covid and all that stuff so yeah man it's 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 wild um but i'm i'm think i'm thinking tampa bay is gonna take it down they're they're just freaking loaded and um they're playing well you know what I, i i totally forgot to write it down too nhl announced all their awards uh and i didn't even write it down but off the top of my head Connor McDavid won the MVP. I got that right to start the season. Okay. My boy Marc Andre Fleury won the Vezina. Um, he did not have a good playoffs. That's unfortunate. Um, and Vegas is going to have to do something. They have Leonard and Fleury locked up for a ton of money. Uh, there's the expansion Seattle Kraken coming in. They're going to they're going to have to do something with the goalie situation there. Um, who uh, I for, I think Barkov won the Selkie. Um, the uh, the rookie of the year was uh, oh the Kirill Kiprasov or whatever his name is up in Minnesota, like the 24 year old Russian. The people were all mad that he was like 20, 24. Well, I think he was 24. He's like a little bit older for a rookie, but he won the rookie of the year. Um, Brenda Moore won the Jack Adams Coach of the Year uh, down in Carolina. Um, well deserved there. Carolina had a hell of a year. They weren't supposed to be that good. Um, so yeah, that was the awards. Um, you know, they they have other weird awards too, but you know, those were the main ones. Um, cool. Yeah, that's all I got on the one on skates, Drew. Um, don't know if you have any any quips to add to that. Nah, I'm still bummed that the Islanders didn't pull it out. Yep, Islanders are getting a new new barn here uh, next year, so good for them. I guess it's um, it's what it's um. Oh shoot! I, f- I forget. I heard something about it. Never mind. Here nor there. Um, <laughs> okay. You, you really came came in loaded with that one. Hey, my it was pretty good NHL coverage for us. 
I meant just your where whatever you were about to say with the Islanders. It's okay. No, it was um, it was about the location of the arena, and I I I forget. It slipped my mind. Whatever. I should have wrote it down. Anyway, I'm ready to talk about some NASCAR, and I've I've requested Drew that uh. I'm not even gonna time you. Just do your thing, bro. Yeah, I, I just My, I, our NBA analysis will be quick this week, so you can use the uh, extra time for NASCAR. Okay, so I picked uh, Kyle Larson coming into the weekend. Pocono, they did two races, which I didn't even realize they were doing. Coming out of COVID last year, they were trying to cut down on traffic or on, on travel, and so they did they did a, a, a double header at Pocono last year, and they really liked it, so they decided let's do it again this year. So Saturday, the first race, Kyle Larson absolutely dominated and in the last turn of the last lap blew out a tire slammed into the wall and Alex Bowman the 48 who was a teammate of Kyle Larson's won that's his third win of the year Larson ended up like 12th more importantly Larson's now in a backup car so the question is there like is the backup car as fast as as the original car I don't know so going into Sunday Larson did end up finishing second, but he didn't lead as many laps. Kyle Busch won the, the second race on Sunday on fuel mileage. I always get a kick out of fuel mileage races. What that means is that they take less stops, and they're, they're not going as fast per lap, but they're going fast enough to win. And so what happens is if someone's trying to extend their fuel mileage, they end up having like a 15, 20-second lead. And, but they're going slower than the field, so the field is slowly catching up to them, and it's a, just a matter of are they going to run out of gas. And there was several guys on this strategy, and Ky- they all ran out of gas except for Kyle Busch, who mm. my, my boy Kozlowski uh, led 31 laps. Kyle Busch led 30. They were the two highest of the race. Congrats to Kyle Busch. Congrats to Alex Bowman. Kyle Larson finally did not win. He was going for his fifth and sixth wins of the row, whatever it was, all those wins in a row didn't happen so congrats to those two guys but um this upcoming week road america yet another new road course I, I, a little asterisk next to new um the xfinity's been doing this for several years now but this is new for the cup series uh the cup series has not been to this course uh, this track since 1956 and there was only one other race it's in wisconsin it's over four miles and there's 14 turns in it so we get a road uh, uh, this is our second new road course of the season so gotta love that um our picks this week are elliot at plus 250 larson at plus 350 aj allmendinger part-timer they pull him out every time there's a road course plus uh, 2,500, so 25 to 1. And Austin Sindrick, who's the bell of the ball at the Xfinity level, he did really well down in Texas at that new road course before the rain started. 40 to 1, Austin Sindrick. So those are our four guys we're going with this week. couple other news and notes in, in NASCAR. Oh, shit. I meant to say how many races we are in, into the season. But Denny Hamlin is leading the points. He has zero wins this year. And he's uh, leading Con- uh, Larson by two points, and Larson has four wins. Uh, Hamlin has been awesome without winning. I-, I don't know how he's doing it. It's it's absurd. I like, never I- know what she's doing back there. What's he doing in here? It's um, I I, I don't know like how he's pulling that off. That he's he's leading the points, even though like he he can't win. So that, that's- you can't win. It's crazy. Um. Other news, my favorite driver, Keselowski, is leaving Penske next year. Um, he's going to join – yeah, he's going to join Rauch, uh, 
Roush Fenway Racing, thank God he's sticking with a Ford team. I don't have to have an identity crisis over that. Um, that being said, um, he's going to – I don't know his number or his sponsors next year, but he will be um, – oh, what the hell? He will be uh, part owner as well next year. So that's pretty cool. Um, the only uh, another n- note is Trackhouse Racing. They're new to the game. Uh, Pitbull is part owner there, and they like, um, like the yeah yeah like that yeah like that that Pitbull yeah yeah. Um, but they um they are taking over Chip Ganassi Racing and those two cars. And Chip Ganassi is a Pittsburgh guy, so. Uh, just just wanted to bring that up. A um, lot, lot of news and notes. Um, and if I can just figure out... Okay, we're through 20 races. And so the regular season is 26 races, and then they start the playoffs for 10 races. So, um, yeah, we are... Oh, I'm sorry, this is the 20th race of the season coming up here. So um, we're sniffing the playoffs, folks. Sniffing the playoffs. Nice. Yes. So sorry for the extra NASCAR time this week, but it's everybody's favorite. Um, MLB, Drew. The only thing I wanted to bring up was Shay, uh, whatever his name is, Shay with his first name, Octani. Um, we don't even – do you get a chance to even watch him much? No. I, I know. It's I, I've always, I felt that way about Mike Trout's career as well. It's such a shame on the East Coast. We like – unless you buy the package, like you don't, don't get, get a chance to watch him. Um, I, I know a lot of people view him neck and neck MVP with, with Vlad Guerrero, but like this dude has 12 starts. His last start, he got shelled. So his ERA went to 3.6, but it was below three before that in 60 innings. He has like 83 strikeouts. And on top, top of that, he is, has an OPS of over one. He's tied for the league lead in homers coming into this podcast tonight, Thursday, July 1st. And he also is the is tied for the league lead in triples. His five triples, like he's the MVP far and away. Like I, I, like I know Vlad Guerrero is fantastic and awesome and fun and young and amazing and international with Toronto and all that stuff. But like, he's not also pitching. Right. <laughs> like, that's it, it's one of the most absurd things in sports that I can remember. And I hope he makes it through the whole year doing it. Um, which just begs the question, Drew, how do the angels just keep getting these generational talents and just not do Jack squat with them? Like, dude, it's, uh, it's crazy, man. They're 39 and 41 right now and in fourth place. And now Mike Trout's been injured since May 17th, but like, what the hell, what in the flying hell are the angels? <laughs> like uh, how, how how many how many MVPs seasons do they need for them to just make the playoffs? I mean, I mean that just, division hasn't even been like stout for like the last decade. Because I mean, Trout, Trout, I mean, Trout's almost going on ten years in the league, right? Yeah, I yeah. think it's over ten. Yeah, um, and I mean, I mean the Astros, right? They had a little run here for the last three years, but like the A's are the A's. Right, and the Rangers or whatever. Like it's not like you know, it's not like it's, they're playing. It's not, in, it's yeah. not the AL. It's not the AL East where it's you know Boston right. and the Yankees, so you're pretty much at a disadvantage. Um, right. It's not like the they're Tampa of. Bay where like, hey, we win 93 games every year, but so, like we don't, and like sometimes we make the playoffs and sometimes we don't. 
Yeah, they just like, don't make the playoffs ever. They just, they <laughs> just like flirt. They just stay at like five hundred every year and like never make the. It's, it's insane. Yeah, I'd love to see the Phillies get him, but they would just waste him like they do Brace Harper. So by not what, actually, Trout or Octani Trout, Trout, by just not because they just don't. Whatever, it's my own beef with the Phillies. They, uh, you invest all this money in a you know, star, and then you refuse to pay money in areas of weakness. When you have it, it's just like it makes no sense. Uh, so frustrating. Not a not a good couple of weeks here in uh, in Philadelphia for sports. Not at all. Yeah. Sadly, um, I was gonna say uh, another shout out to uh, the Mets. So it's uh, one of my favorite days of the year today, Bobby Bonilla Day. Bobby yeah. Bonilla's get collecting his million dollar check from the one, New York 1. Mets. One point one mil. Hell yeah, I love uh, I love Bobby Bonilla Day. Uh, you know what though? We're starting to get to the point where, with inflation and salaries and everything, where it's kind of like not as ridiculous for the Mets to like just pay this out and like it's not still, be a big don't, deal. Don't 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 all this for me. It's still it's still a fun day. <laughs> it's still it's still a fun day, bro. Let's 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 stop. It, it, oh, it is. It is. I'm just saying, like, yeah. 10 years ago, like, it was very embarrassing for the Mets. But now it's just kind of <laughs> like, all right, just cut the check and move on. Like, like it, like in the grand scheme of MLB baseball, if you have, a, like, 110 or $140 million salary or whatever, it's like, ah, a million? Like, what, whatever. Let's do a mill on top. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So. Uh, any hoodles. Um, I think that brings us up to uh, – oh, the – the NBA catch and shoot. Um, I'm gonna pass you the ball, spot you up for three pointer, right in rhythm. Tonight's game, go. Yeah, Bucks. Uh, they, yeah, you know, shockingly actually decided they were gonna step on, try to step on the Hawks' throat from the get go. I think they went up 20, 20 in the first quarter. Uh, you know, then Hawks. But when you do that, you know, when the Hawks make a run, it's okay. They make a run, it's eleven. Hot, you know, Bucks push it back up to 15. They get it down to like nine, so on and so forth. I don't think they were ever really in trouble losing the game. Uh, the front line of the Bucks. This this is why I just oh god, the coach is so dumb. Like the the front line of the Bucks were unstoppable. They were shooting 70 percent from the field three minutes into the third quarter. They like just keep keep attacking and just keep just keep bullying them inside. Like nobody, the Hawks have no interior presence that should be able to hang with um you know the big guy like, i know it's not popular to you know play in the post but to just ride ride brooke lopez and bobby portis until the hawks have somebody that can stop them just get your easy baskets don't uh don't rely on jumpers or threes like they were five of 22 from three but like they were 70 percent with the bigs it's like well stop shooting fucking 23s like just keep rocking it inside man um Holiday had a bounce back game. I think he had twenty. What do you have? Twenty five and thirteen. I think he told me. Uh, Middleton had a bounce back game. You know, we'll see. Trey didn't play. Giannis didn't play. Giannis they they released no structural damage in the leg um, or the knee. So who know? I, I got to assume that means he doesn't have a torn ACL, right? Because he's not Kawhi. So I assume we would have found out by the MRI if he had a torn ACL. Is that? Yeah. No. I think it was just a, a, a hyper. Uh, yeah, so I mean, the, the hope for the Bucks. I, I I don't think he'll play Game Six. Uh, Trey Young, I don't know. I I gotta feel like he'll be back, but because it's a do or die game now. But I think the Bucks will be like, okay, like even if we don't, if we lose Game Six, we got Game Seven at home. So I don't think he'll play. Yeah, listen, we'll see what the Bucks are made of. I mean, even if Trey if Trey plays, 
I'd probably give Atlanta maybe a slight edge, but do the Bucks still have the two best players outside of like if you look if you start breaking down the teams, you know they got they got Middleton and, and Holiday who are better than anyone else on the the Hawks not named Trey Young. So and Lopez again Lopez played great like if you actually utilize him and not just have him hanging out on the three point line. Yeah, you should go in. I know. I mean, I know Atlanta is this like death trap. Apparently, apparently, somehow Atlanta became this tough place to play in, even though everybody wins in Atlanta. Um, so it's God forbid like a team show up there um, on the road and win. But we'll see. I, uh, I I certainly would try to take care of my business and not mess around with a team that can get hot from three in a game seven where anything can happen. As somebody who just watched that personally a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I still stand by it. I would if if they uh, if they win the championship, I'd fire Budenhoser the day day after oh, the gosh. <laughs> Yeah. So check out our two for one. It was we, we're starting to get pretty good at these. Um, and and we we went into a lot more detail. Um, of course, Drew brought Charles Barkley's height back into things as All per six, usual. Four of them. And um, so check check that out if you want more on the NBA uh, playoffs. You know, you know what else I noticed? Uh, I've noticed I meant to bring this up on the two for one, but since I did not bring it up here, if I were an NBA team, I'd probably coach my players on how to rebound the basketball and like box out. So many of these games have like turned on offensive rebounds where teams are getting bad shots, uh, and the team that's winning could just seal the game by grabbing a rebound, but they don't. Because all these guys are just like they don't box out or rebound. They just kind of like they try to rebound in space, if that makes sense. Like put a body on somebody so that like Capello or like John Collins can't just like run into the lane and grab a board over you. It's kind of embarrassing how awful like boxing out is now in the NBA. Like I don't understand. It's like one of the easiest concepts. Even the three point shooters. Like I don't know if these guys realize you're allowed to box out a three-point shooter after they shoot a shot so they can't just run in and and go for the go for the rebound so uh that's why my old man get off my lawn thing i've, I've noticed it a lot the last like two weeks i'm like is anybody is anybody gonna box out it happened a couple uh, times i thought you were gonna night. say you noticed the last two weeks how like you know curmudgeon and how much you're the murtaugh uh but i just don't want to watch a garbage series that i have no interest in so <laughs> okay murtaugh oh, thanks but uh and hey, shout out to the Suns. I mean, might as well talk about it here a little bit. Suns, Suns get to the NBA Finals. They close out the Clippers in six last night in LA. Uh, Chris Paul was sensational, dropped forty points. Oldest guy to do that since Michael Jordan did it at I think the age of thirty five. Five, five, thirty five. I, I think Chris Paul is thirty six. So uh, I gotta imagine whoever comes out of the East, Suns are gonna be the favorite. They got home court. They probably have the healthiest team. They have the high ground. Yeah, they have the high ground, uh, <laughs> and those guys are just playing sensational right now. Again, I you know hopefully the the layoff doesn't impact them. It has, I mean, it hasn't so far. They've uh, they've pretty much taken care of everybody and had a little bit of a layoff, um, and still came Chris out. Chris Paul is going to get catch COVID again for the layoff. Let's hope not. Um, yeah, good stuff. Uh, Booker Booker can try to heal his nose so he doesn't have to wear his mask. So. Mm. Uh, you know, other, so offensive players don't have to worry about not not hitting him in the nose inadvertently. Yeah, uh, yeah there's a draft is coming up soon. That'll be interesting. NBA trades are going to start getting hotter. I wish I knew more about this child. I we'll get a maybe we'll talk about the next two for one. I love how this apparently there's this Chauncey Billups thing with Dame Lillard. Like I don't know if it's because um, Dame supported him over the other coaching staff and like Chauncey was. 
alleged or he had like he had alleged charges of like a sexual assault back in like 1997 that never materialized they were asking questions to him at the press conference i hope like i hope the uh the mavericks press uh brings that same energy for jason kidd for beating his wife because i i think i don't understand what they're doing with this damian lillard thing because he wanted chauncey Billups to be the coach i don't know you are you up on that at all joe no no but yeah, I remember I when Jason Kidd did that, and then he, he when he shot free throws, started blowing his kisses. Kiss, yeah, to his I guess wife. that I guess that made it. I guess that it made, made up for it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I haven't I haven't heard anything about that. That Dallas, uh, you know, Dallas decided to go with the guy that smacked his wife around. But I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. No, we'll On see. that note, let's. Um, sorry, are you done there? My bad. Uh, anything else NBA I want to talk about? Eh. I mean, you could. I'm sure you keep going for hours. But. Uh, no, I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm good. Okay. Um, parlay time. We've hit the last two. This is gonna be a thirty dollar bet. Um, you got your guy. I'm gonna take uh, Colbert to win. That's Saturday on night. Saturday night, um, which is July third. Um, I'm gonna take the over in the Cardinals Rockies. At, at Colorado. What night sure, is that? Uh, Saturday, 9 okay. o'clock. 9.10 is the start. I'm sure it's going to be a high over under. There's some crap pitchers. It's Colorado. Um, it's, you know, it's Coors Field. Whatever. Let's just take the over and just see what happens. Okay. Um, I just finished beer one. So let's uh, assume positions for beer two. Get into some shows and movies. Let's crack them. All right, three, two, one. Uh, that was a crisp crack on your part. Um, Thank you, sir. So ch- shout out to Trogues. I, I read an article about them, how they um, are basically buying more and more of their ingredients locally here in Pennsylvania, supporting Pennsylvania ag. So shout out to those those fellas over oh, there. Nice. Um, in, uh, uh, Trogues Field Study. Um, I'm still working through these. Um, this is this is a good one. Six point two percent. Gotta love it. Um, what what do you got? It's funny you uh, bring that up. I got a Trogues Nugget Nectar. You still got Nugget Nectars laying around? I bought two cases, man. Oh, baby, that's amazing. I buy in bulk, man. <laughs> I buy in bulk. I buy in bulk, bro. Nice. Okay, so first order of business in in uh, beer two is which we forgot to touch on last week because it was vacation week and you've been busy with work and we just forgot stuff last week but and it was loma week and it was loma week um silicone valley i am i am through four seasons now and i am obsessed with that show it is so So funny yeah so here was the for everyone who has seen it before um here was the names of the episodes Success failure, terms of service, intellectual property, team building exercise, the blood boy, (laughs) customer service. He's got a blood boy? That's a real thing? The patent troll, the Keenan vortex, Hulicon, and then server error. So the season ended with like Richard basically like doing all this illegal stuff. And the server named Anton being strewn about like the loading dock. But then somehow their data was still working because it was on all those refrigerators that uh, 
um, Guilfoyle determined to crack the code and put just a screw with Jin Yang. And um, so their all their data was secure. And then Melcher came and tackled Richard for sleeping with his wife. And that that's basically – and and then um, uh, Sadly. Er, Ehrlich Bachman went out to Tibet or whatever in the monastery. And then um, Gavin Belson came back. And uh, that's how the season ended. Um, I I love this show. Uh, I, I'll say you you always ask your per thirty six MVP. It's by far and away now Jared. Um, <laughs> so hit, good. His thing with um, um, uh, uh, Ed, Ed Chambers. Go for Chambers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Jared, keep you on hold. Jared, uh, I. I <laughs> Yeah, I ahead. eat that mother effer's lunch every day. No, I literally, I literally eat, his, eat his lunch. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so funny. Oh, hey, dude, bro, what's up, Ed Chambers, man? <laughs> I had to let go of Ed Chambers. <laughs> he's not real. He's you. Wait, who? No, I wish. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, it's so it's so awesome, man. It's a. Uh, and Jared, you're well. It's I'm glad that you love Jared because he he with Ehrlich, sadly. Um, you know, taking time off the show at this point now. I mean, Jared, they, they definitely highlight more of Jared in season season five. Uh, I think they had to, quite honestly, because, like, a, a, a large portion of their jokes were just, like, racist jokes about Dinesh being Middle Eastern, Pakistani, and also... Pakistani ra- Denzel! <laughs> and, well, that was, part wasn't even racist, but just, like, <laughs> all, this sh- all the crap, like, Guildfoyle would say, Adam. Yeah. And then also all, like, the racist tropes about Jin Yang, which, I, I like, it seems like our group of friends, like, you and Goph, like, love Jin Yang, and I'm like, okay, like, he's fine, but he's only as funny... But it's as, him and Bachman. It's not, yeah. Well, I, it's the anger that he causes Bachman. Yeah, I what, think that's what it is. Like, I think yeah. it's, I don't think that Jin Yang, it's, it's, it's their interaction together that is, uh, is what just I, makes nah, it great. I, I wouldn't even say it's their interaction. I'd say it's all Bachman. It's, it's, it's just, it's the, just the way TJ Miller play, like, plays off of it is what makes it good. Eh. Like, it's, it's, it's zero, per, for me, it's zero percent with the Jin Yang actor. <laughs> like, and and that's what I think is like what they had to try and start. They tried to get away from is like they just made it like any random Asian tropey person, and you know I think it. And so like now like I think in this season four they tried to make Jin Yang more of a character, and it's fine. I mean it's it was funny, uh, but only as far as like Bachman yeah. and and TJ Miller like making it funny. Jin Yang, quick, give me give me the VR play. Who is doing VR? You are. You kept saying Oculus. Big Head said Oculus, Oculus. Octopus. No. No. <laughs> What's the app? Eight, Eight ways ways to cook octopus. Yeah, exactly. Yang! Oh, dude, so uh it's so good. Yeah, Bachman, uh God rest his uh his beautiful soul on the show. So so awesome. Well, yeah. when you're when you're done You'll have to go back, just watch some clips like the best of these guys on YouTube. We'll have to come up with like our top five, not for like any contest, but just the top five like moments of uh, hey, of, the sh- of the show. We'll do it for a contest because we can um, do that too. You know, that's I, I I'll just keep losing and keep singing. This is I mean, every there there should be no losers for a top because every every moment on the show is just effing gold. Well, that's true. It's just so uh, so amazing. Uh, God, yeah, so great, great show. Highly recommend HBO Max. Um, 
So that being said, um, anything else you want to touch on there? I mean, I'll, no, I'll, con- I'll continue. I got going. two seasons left, right? Uh, yes, five. It was six seasons. Five, five and six here. Uh, five, six. Yep. Yep. Okay. So I'll, I'll keep reporting back. Um, so the, you know, we were trying to decide what to do for beer two, and so we randomly we just went to Netflix and was like, all right, what's what's in the top ten. And now today it's it's number four, but uh, a couple of days ago it was at number two. This random movie, Liam Neeson, the ice, what well, the ice road. Ice road. Um. Okay, so. It. What did What did you think of that movie? Uh, wait, 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 first. For, okay, <laughs> let's do this. Here, let's do this. Let's do the non-spoiler version first, and then we. Well, can hold on. Let's. Uh, do we have? Do we have a uh, a synopsis at least to some people that don't know? Yeah, yeah, it. exactly. Here so I go. Hold on. Let me. Let me. Let me do an official one because you'll random and never get to the point. No, I, no, no, no. I got it. It's 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 uh. There's some miners up in Winnipeg, who get trapped, and so the thing is is that they were cutting cost on their safety protocols and now these miners are trapped so Lawrence Fishburne recruits Liam Neeson and some other degenerates to take these three trucks up there when only one of them needs to make it across the ice road with, uh, even with a, what was it a, a drill a drill bit the wellheads well yeah, well to, yeah. to drill down and get to them um, and only one of these trucks needs to make it so it's Lawrence Fishburne this uh young woman who is like a, a a convict i guess they get her out of jail and um liam neeson and his special needs brother who is also a war veteran yeah. to to drive the ice roads and it's out of season so the ice is melting to get up there um and it's just can they can they race it's a race against the clock and so that's 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 the non-spoiler version um you know before, uh, okay, so let's say this: the non-spoiler version uh, is is this worth people's time to click on and watch? No, no. Listen, you have to <laughs> you have to really suspend your disbelief in time <laughs> to enjoy it. To even oh, I didn't think it was that bad for time purposes. Like, all right, I I I didn't I didn't think it was very good. Um. Yeah, I can see that. I can't really get into it. I'll go doing the spoilers. Okay. Wait, one more thing. Here's here's my other non-spoiler. It was a, to me, it came across as like a classic 90s movie where it's just like introduce your, your protagonist, give, the, give them a problem, throw it together, quickly put them together, have some very kind of like quick and lazy jokes. It's suspenseful. Maybe some people die. Maybe some don't. It's just a quick movie, so really not tied to any character. So they really easily could just kill some off. And then, you know, are the good guys going to win in the end? And, and to what degree are the good guys going to win? Um, that was it. All right. Now the, non, now the spoiler version. So go ahead. So the spoiler version is the company that also cut the costs – uh, they send a what is le- what you're led to believe is an insurance handler with the three truck drivers, um, who ends up basically being Liam Neeson's character from Taken. 
uh, to sabotage to basically he's a saboteur. Yeah, he's basically there to sabotage the rescue mission because they don't they want the miners to die so that they can't let um, anybody anybody know, know that they were cutting the cost that they cut the cost oh, and, turn, and, and the whole, by cutting the cost they turned off their uh, methane. Um, Gas sensors, readers. Yeah. yeah. So they didn't want they didn't want the meth any and they didn't want um, and, any the, and the, the methane pocket they hit is how they the mine collapsed. Correct. Yeah. As they're di- and they're they're mining for diamonds, right? Isn't that what they're doing? I think it was a diamond uh, mine. I I don't up in Winnipeg. That's what IMDb said. Like they were. Oh, okay, sure. So I could be, I could be wrong. Say, uh, isn't isn't yeah, Alberta, after, Canada, known for? Drilling for oil, Wh- I guess. whatever. What and co- after like oil after and coal, yeah after after a remote diamond mine collapses in the far northern diamond regions mine? of Canada. Yeah, that's okay, what it says. sure. All right, um, I didn't know that. And so you know, that was so that's the twist that you know the the rescue and it all starts where things start to get weird. Um, Lawrence Fishburne's his brand new truck basically dies out uh, ten minutes ten minutes into the drive. And then he ends up sinking into the. Well, that, that's a brutal way to go, right? The truck just. Uh, oh my his, gosh! His foot gets caught in the cable. They were trying to pull him out in, and uh, he sinks just sinks into the ice and the water. Just... He's yeah. So yeah, that's crazy. With his his truck is sinking in the ice, and he's like trying to save it, and his foot gets caught in a cable, and and the the girl convict is like trying to save him, and he's like, just cut it, just cut the rope, and yeah. So his. He's like my I feel leg like, broke anyway, and he just sinks down there with with his uh, truck. His yeah. truck, yeah. I feel like I feel like the cable probably would have just like completely severed that part of his foot off. Any, but was, I, oh yeah, I, it would have ripped yeah, his leg. right Yeah, off. like I don't. Yeah. <laughs> the weight of that truck and the way it was twisted around his leg would have just oh ripped for his sure. Leg off, yeah. No doubt. So yeah, yeah, so that was what it was. Um, but like here's so here's like just a couple couple picket nets. Um, like they they have twenty three hours to get there. Uh, and like the the clock keeps ticking, they're down to like three hours, and in in the span of three hours, somehow they're like they're they're flipping trucks that are turned sideways, right side up again. Uh, they're digging fixing, out of snowbanks. They're di- yeah, yeah, they're digging out snowbanks. Um, they are you know they continuously keep putting like the the chain like the the grips underneath the tires to get it over yeah. certain ice patches. Um, at one point, Liam Neeson and uh, his brother are locked in the truck. They get out and just happen. And the dynamite blows up like ten feet from them, and nobody, the, the truck, neither the truck or them is injured. And somehow the ice doesn't even explode, and they don't all sink in. I don't really know how that works. <laughs> um, and then the other crazy part. And then then they're down to like an hour, and after. After the bad guy, the insured, the, the the non-insurance salesman, who's again basically Liam Neeson from Taken, after he they they crush his truck with their big rig, and he goes toppling down a hill. He <laughs> with with no with no injuries at all, mind you. I don't even think yeah, he's wearing maybe, a seatbelt. Maybe a he's not even wearing, he, He's not even wearing a seatbelt, by the way, because uh, he just hops in the truck, gets com- completely unscathed, uh, gets out of the truck. Has, just happened to have dynamite in there. Starts running, starts running down a road. Happens to find a cruiser, like little the little like jet ski cruisers. I don't know what you call them. Snowmobile. 
with snowmobiles uh, to get up to the a top of a hill. Jet ski I, cruisers. Yeah, to, to, to get up to get up to the top of a hill that's overlooking where the rigs are now because they're trying to hook up or because the one ran out of gas so now they're trying to uh, <laughs> they're trying to hook up the rigs. Somehow he does all of this and and they only had an hour. He does this in a matter of maybe six minutes, right? Insane. And then he creates, again, he blows up. Now, the dynamite blew up. It didn't crack the ice before. But now he blows up a mountain and gets causes an avalanche. The The female degenerate driver gets a friggin' branch, completely impales her through the chest. <laughs> and, we're, again, we have an hour. Somehow Liam Neeson took took that branch out and got her, got her in – it's kept her alive faster than it took them to change out the oil or the uh, the gas line. I just completely absurd, like the things that are happening and the amount of time yeah. that they said they had. I um, um, I did enjoy the twist of they had to ma- all make it. So when they were trying to sabotage the mission, they had to make it look like an accident. So like they couldn't shoot them, they couldn't they couldn't make it look like foul play because then. That the investigation would have started to like they would have started to ask questions. So correct that yeah. that part of it was helped make it a little bit more believable in terms of like why don't they just shoot them and like take them out because they they couldn't because then that's you like know, that that that's like number thirteen on my list. <laughs> why yeah. did they just shoot? All right, well here here's here's my here's well because they because they well I, I, well they could have shot them and just thrown them in the ice. They never would have found their bodies. I don't yeah I don't know maybe. Um, okay, wait, my la- and then my last thing. Good. The brother, the, after they get into a fight, um, the brother was right about not pushing, trying to get a rig hooked up or pulling the truck out of the water. He falls through the ice. Somehow he doesn't sink down. Liam Neeson's able to get him. Uh, he's, like, dying of hypothermia. And I guess if you go by the timeline that they had left, within 30 minutes he was – Totally good, could move and everything. Even though he had just literally been in the bottom I, of the ice. Yeah, that's a with, good. Point. I mean, how his lungs were basically almost frozen. Like that's 30, why I said this was a classic '90s movie. Thirty just minutes. Like, eh, he was we'll just go. gloss over a bunch of stuff. Thirty minutes. He was good to go. But go ahead, get your. Oh, so my things were like, here's my like bigger plot holes. I thought, like, why would the workers at the mine? So, so they were like paid off to unhook their 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 mon their methane monitors. Correct. Like, why would you take any amount of money to like turn off your your methane sensors? Like, that's just well, because the, the, the Mister Mister guy, the guy in the the corporate guy said uh, there's no chance that they would hit a methane pocket. Uh, okay, but like, <laughs> why? Like, <laughs> that's why. Why would you take the money? It's so dumb. And then like, um, okay, so. Along the same lines, like these henchmen who were fighting to the death, like how 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 much money were they paying these henchmen? Like at what point are these henchmen? You're like, you know what? It ain't worth dying over to like cover this company's ass. Like, who were these guys? <laughs> how much did they pay them? Like, don't you feel like like the, whatever the legal bills? Like, I, I I don't know. That was strange to me. Like, you're willing to die for this cause? Like, when it's yeah. just a company covering this up? Um, and then I, I just kept cracking up too, cause they just kept plugging like Kenmore was, was the brand of their truck. And they were like, Oh, this is Kenmore. Oh, this Kenmore. <laughs> and it was just like nonstop. Like, Oh, this Kenmore is the, Oh, can't wait to buy this brand new Kenmore. And it was just like, 
right, we we get it. Ken Moore paid you a bunch of money to like say Ken Moore over and over again. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was, what else were they gonna say? It's not like there was any real plot to the friggin' movies. I uh, mean, it was plenty of plot. I actually, so my thing was like, I, I, I didn't hate it like you did. Like, I thought it was like, if you want, if you are a fan of like classic '90s movies of just like, all right, plot enough, like character enough, like whatever, just kind of like a little bit thin everywhere, like pl- obvious, like big plot holes. But you just want something that's like gonna thrill you a little bit, like yeah, like throw it on in the background, not pay a ton of attention, like eat some popcorn with with your significant other. For I I now I guess Netflix paid eighteen million for this, but like that's an overbuy. Like I don't know, but apparently not. Like so, this is the other thing I wanted to bring up, Drew. Why is this trending on the top ten? Like what? No, like number one, like are. Is there just nothing new out right now? I guess I guess it's just like the everyone's like, well, Liam Neeson does great stuff now, so let's watch it. I was gonna say, is it like a Liam Neeson following? It has to be. And like, what's the demographic? Like, what what like what Liam Neeson following is it? Like, what demographic is that? Is that like age like forty to like seventy? Like what like who's clicking on this? Like, why is this a top ten? Like, I I don't know. I, I can't. Like we clicked it, we clicked it for exactly that reason. Like, why is this a top ten? Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know what to tell you, man. Um, I, I feel like Netflix is lying to us, and it's actually not a trending top ten. It's just like we paid it, we paid way too much money for this, so let's just say it's a top ten. It's like like Galvin, and get people like, like, like the Two Beers podcast to click on it, like Gavin Belson scrubbing the internet of any negative uh, Hulu exactly Hulu searches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Listen, I'll say this. Uh, it also trending in the top ten is what seems to be some cartoon called Cocomelon. I recommend watching Cocomelon instead of this movie. Okay, so number one, that's Cocomelon, and anybody with babies knows exactly what that is. So. I don't even know. I can't even pronounce the damn thing. Watch that over this movie. It's just listen, and I agree. I I I I thought it was. I thought the even though it was obvious, like I thought the twisting the insurance salesman and stuff i thought that was like ah oh, it's okay I'm, I'm i'm with you i'm with you i didn't then, hate it. like i didn't hate like uh, that's my just thing too, I, just too much nonsense it's too much nonsense. i didn't like I, that was the thing i wanted to tell you like why didn't i hate this more i don't like, know like i i didn't hate it i do don't you just know love, why i don't know do you just love liam Neeson? i just love no i just love bad 90s movies but not all of them just some of them if they if they could have cut out just like i don't know three or four of the not like did she have to get impaled with like a tree branch <laughs> like did that have to happen like or like or let it happen and she's dead like let her die and let liam neeson be the only guy that survives like i like i it made no sense i'm just like why like because it was just like another obstacle they had to overcome but it was just like dude there's no way he's taking this out and like cutting off the like, stopping the blood like stopping the blood for losing her the blood loss and then making it to this place I, in 45 minutes know. dude no it just uh like i said you just have to completely suspend your belief in time yeah. like your like the concept of time to enjoy this movie so. yeah um, listen if you like liam neeson go ahead like i mean it's only what was it, an hour and a half it wasn't a long movie uh no i think it was long i think it was like an hour 45 unfortunately oh, god well either way yeah, um, just so that made us again. think of other movies that were either disappointments or pleasantly surprised. Just going in because we just again we're sitting there looking at this movie like how can this be any good? Like why is it trending? Um, 
So a couple of mine again, and I kind of stuck with the '90s slash 2000 early 2000s theme. So I'm sure I'm missing tons of them, but just based off that, I had four of them were that were disappointments. Vertical Limit. Does anybody remember that? Was that with uh, Chris O'Donnell? I don't even remember. I just remember it was. <laughs> it was a snow or something, right? The snow. Yeah, snow. yeah, exactly. It, I just remember thinking, "Wow, that sucked." Um, Hard Rain. I remember like being so pumped for that because it was Morgan Freeman, and then I just remember like not enjoying it. Same thing with Dante's Peak. <laughs> I just, that was that was they were they were trying to uh, ride the Pierce Brosnan wave. Yeah, I just remember thinking that sucked, and then. Am I crazy? But like, I don't. I I feel like when I watched Ali, I was just like, uh, why wasn't this good? It was just too long. Yeah, um, it's too long. That, those were like, and again, I kind of just went for the '90s and early 2000s ones. But which now that I look at it, those were probably all early 2000s. But in that same genre, like era of movies, um, that this movie kind of reminded me of. But okay. th- what what were yours for disappointments? Um. The movie Year One with Jack Black and Michael oh, Sarah. that was so bad. That was Good that call. was pro- that was probably one of the funniest trailers I've ever seen. And I, dude, I I remember me and Lauren. I went, almost walked out. I did, yeah. Instead of me and my yeah, me and me and my wife went, and it was so bad. Like literally every funny part was in the trailer. Yeah, everything yes. everything else was terrible. Good call. Very good call. And like yes. Sarah was on fire at that point, and I, I've never been a big Jack Black guy, but um. Ah, oh, dude, it was so bad, so bad, and I thought it was gonna be so good. Yeah, um, I had basically every Vince Vaughn movie after Wedding Crashers, <laughs> with the exception of like, I think Four we- or uh, the Four Christmases was good, and uh, I liked the Internship. Not a lot of people did, but I, I I I actually liked that movie. But every other Vince like Vince Vaughn like couldn't be more popular after Wedding Crashers. And like even when he did True Detective, which coming off the first season that was amazing, like it was just so bad, so many levels of bad. So I, that, I just his whole collection of films after that. Uh, and if the it's breakup, true that, if He's the the beaver thing, that, that, that was bad. That was like that was basically like okay, Vince Vaughn's on fire. Everyone thinks Jennifer Aniston's a smoke show. Let's just put him in a show, a movie together, and have Vince Vaughn say a bunch of Wedding Crashers lines, and even put in Todd from Wedding Crashers in the movie. Yeah. So, um, on the yeah. kick drum, come come. On, on the, the kick, kick drum, drum, Gary, come come. Yeah, it was so bad. Um, Transformers Two: Revenge of the Fallen was so bad, and. The, <sighs> It was so bad. What a letdown after I I'll just say this now. I'm not I'm not gonna argue. None of them were good. I just Oh, uh, I disagree. For, I thought the first Transformer I, I wouldn't Oh admit, oh yeah, it, no, you said following like two and beyond. Oh I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first one No, I, I can't even argue that other than I'm just a sucker for the CGI Transformer alien yeah, I know robots. You are. Uh, yeah, I'll, I, I, I'll spoil I'll I'll I just because they go hand in hand, I will spoil that. I, I Transformers one I have on my exceeded expectation i had no i just needed something to do like for a couple hours so i I don't was i i don't even know if i was there with my wife or i might have been there with a high school girlfriend at the time can't remember but whoever i went with it just it was the only thing playing (laughs) at that time it was like it was like 10 o'clock i was like there was one show it's like yeah let's whatever we'll see 
Shia LaBeouf's cool. I like Shia, Shia or you know, Shia LaBeouf was funny and Mega Fox was smoking. So I was like, yeah, whatever. What's the worst that could happen? And it was awesome, the first one. But yeah, yeah. yeah Revenge of the Fallen was so bad. They just rushed it because it was like, wow, this first one was great. Let's just get another one out before people forget. Um, Fear of the Walking Dead was we, I remember we were so pumped for that because we thought like it was going to be more of like yeah, the origin good call. of the, we thought it was going to be the origin of the virus and like it wasn't and then it just didn't get better and then it just continued to get all kinds of lo- levels of bad and then had like that little uptick like uh, Pied Piper and then has just continued to shit the bed. I never thought it'd be the origin of the virus. I thought they I would. Thought we sp- didn't we. I thought it would spend more time about the breakdown of society and they and they like started to do it and then just like rushed the breakdown of society. Like all all of a sudden it was like, oh, they're at the military facility and it's overrun and it was like, well that happened in like a weekend. Yeah. I, I well I, at least I I thought we both did, but I thought they was gonna be the origin of the virus. Um I mean we already I know knew it. better because I've watched a thousand zombie yeah. things. Well and we already know it was it was the blue meth that caused it, so Yeah, uh, true. And then my last one, uh, Phantom Menace, I guess probably has to be on there, right? Yeah, I kind of figured you would bring these up. Um, Just because of the hype of the Star Wars movies coming back. and Yeah, yeah, good call. I mean, it it definitely was a letdown at the time. I mean, put, piecing it together, the one, two, and three, I accept it, and I know I'm in the minority on that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think you're right. Uh, and that is all the bads I had. Um, and in the pleasantly surprised column, um, I only have a couple here, but um, and I know I will get a thousand percent roasted on this, and you know where I'm going with this. Under no. Siege Two. Why would I? Why do I know that? Oh, is that like a college thing? Yeah. So in college, yeah, my my buddies ripped me apart in college for this. Oh yeah. O- yeah, o- yeah. Only to find oh, out do, that they they had never watched the movie. I do remember. So it so then we all rewatched it together. And it was bad, and they get they actually kill off the same bad guy twice within like twenty five minutes of each other. <laughs> but I just like the plot. I just I, I even today I think it's kind of cool that like uh, like a terrorist, like a domestic terrorist, like hijacks a train and then infiltrates like weapon systems and security systems and holds the government hostage with a train moving at whatever speed. I, I don't know. I just like the plot. I thought, I thought it was interesting. And then Steven Seagal's is in there just like hand fighting people. Eh, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it does suck. I'm not, I'm not even going to defend that, but, but I enjoyed it. I don't know. I kind of liked it. So whatever. Okay. Um, a couple other ones, real steel. I expected to be just, that's like the robot boxing movie. Great call. Huge. I don't know why that fast. came to mind, but like, I thought it was going to be beyond God awful. It was great. I kind of enjoyed it. I watch so, it I, anytime it's on TV. I watch it. It's so good. Oh man, good for you. I'm gonna. God, you would you'd win the poll. I'd vote for you this week. Just with that alone. Yeah, I mean, it just. I'm not saying it's awesome, but it didn't suck. I, I expected it to be laughably bad. Um, and I just wanted to put an asterisk next to this one. This one I was not pleasantly surprised. This was I was it met expectations, but. The only reason why Men in Black is good is because of Will Smith. Other than that, like, what a ridiculously stupid movie. But M- Will Smith makes it makes it really good. Why is it ridiculous? Okay, so it's like 90s CGI of stupid aliens and just, like, kiddie nonsense. 
of aliens with like little decoders that like make your memory wipe away. Like I said, if it if it Will Smith makes it awesome, but like if it wasn't Will Smith, like like imagine somebody else being in that movie. I like, make this look good. Exactly. That 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 okay. was that's like the whole thesis of like Men in Black that Will Smith makes it look good. Interesting. Like imagine the, if it was somebody else. Like imagine well, Men, if it, in, Men, in, Men in Black International was certainly not great, and I love Chris Hemsworth and I love my girl Tessa Thompson, and it was. Awful. That's that's exactly my point. Like 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 Men in Black without Will Smith is the dumbest thing in the world. Anyway. Okay. okay. Interesting. Uh, what were your pleasantly surprised? Um, I mean, obviously the money pit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's joking. Oh, okay. I'll have the family guy joke. <laughs> okay. I like the money pit. Um, now, uh, better call Saul. I, I had very, I was very hesitant about that show coming out because spinoffs typically aren't great. I was kind of like, Saul was great. Like sometimes you have those characters that like they're great because they're the per thirty six guys, right? Like yeah, all, yeah, right. They yeah. don't have a ton of screen time, and I was like, I, I to be tr- truth be told, I didn't know a lot about Owen Kirk other than Better Call Saul. I know he's been a monster with SNL and all that stuff, but uh, I'm at the point now where I think Better Call Saul is either right up there or better than Breaking Bad. So I could see that that is completely uh, crashed expectations. Um, I was surprised you didn't have Cobra Kai. I, there's no way that that show was was ever thought that it was going to be what it is. And that thing. I think like, I was a late mover on that, so I think I think I already knew. Like I didn't like people were like, "Oh, this is so good." So I okay, yeah. So, like, I don't I, think I even like thought about it as anything other than that. When I, I remember when I saw the trailer when it was on like the YouTube channel for season one, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like they're just running out of shit to make. They're doing a Karate Kid nonsense thing now, and it's. I mean, it, it it changed my life. Uh, <laughs> uh, Transformers one I already said. Um, Creed completely blew expectations out of the water. Again, okay. it was that was one where I was like, and I'm you know I'm probably the biggest Rocky fan. I was like, Ugh. I was like, I don't know, like I I just didn't. I thought it was not going to be good. I, I as much as I love Michael B. Jordan, a lot of his movies hadn't been good before. How that. about Rambo Four along those same lines? Rambo Four was great too. It's a good call. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Creed, the first Creed is what really outside again. You telling me to watch this Lomachenko guy? Creed coming out is what really got me back into um, love and boxing. So Creed's way up there. Uh, Harold Kumar go to White Castle. <laughs> Oh gosh! Uh, me and my buddy Reckless Joe, you know, you know Joe. Yeah. We just we just randomly were like, let's go to a movie one night, and that that was another thing. It was the only thing playing at the time we got there. Like, ah, whatever, let's go see it. I don't think I've ever laughed so hard in a movie theater for the first one. It was. Oh wow! Have you seen it before? Yeah, I thought it was amazing. I, I it was the so hardest great. I ever laughed in a movie theater was the other guys. Oh yeah, that's right. And you missed like the first ten minutes, didn't you? Just the first scene. Okay. Yeah, that was good. Uh, yeah, Wedding Wedding Crashers and Harold and Kumar were the, the, the funniest movies I've ever watched in a movie theater. Uh, so great. Um, Mayans, the TV show. I know you didn't watch Sons of Anarchy. But Mayans, I, again, a spinoff. I thought it was going to be terrible. It's a great show. And the last is a movie. We're going to watch this for the pod. I'm going to have you watch it, give you another homework assignment. Um, Lucky number 11. My buddy Anthony, uh, 
one day when we were swiping cards at Bowling Hall, I was like, you ever seen this movie? I'm like, nah, that's probably one of those just like stupid movies all these guys made just to get a payday, right? He's like, watch this movie. It's phenomenal. I It's one of my top, probably my top 10 rewatchable movies of all time. Okay, sweet. So Josh Hartnett, Morgan Freeman, um, Ben Kingsley, Bruce Willis, so good. And cool. that is my list. Awesome. Well, that was fun. Um, you know, it's not going to be on the list. The ice, ice road. road. <laughs> um, oh, you know what we should have. I can't believe. Shame on us. We suck. You know, it should. You know, it should have been on one of one of these lists. Uh, friggin' uh, Fat Man. We suck. Yeah. Pleasantly surprised. Yeah, Fat yeah, Man. That, 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 that blue. Yeah, good call. Fat Man blue expectations out, out of the, the water. water so. That's top of the list. Yeah, that was so good. Ian, Ian, if Ian's still listening to us, he's gonna be like these two jerk offs. Yeah, we'll uh, uh, we'll have to tag him. <laughs> um, but um, hey, I, I, I'm not. I'm sure. Again, this is one where I'm in the minority. If you're in the mood for a '90s throwaway movie, click on Ice Road. If you're not in the mood for a '90s throw, but Cook, like sometimes if, if you're not, you are. If you're, if you're not in the mood, go watch Cookamelon. Yeah, but so, but like because so many movies and series nowadays is like they want you to time commit to like eight episodes or like Marvel Universe. It's like the whole universe, and it's like all this crap. It's like if you just want a throwaway '90s movie where like they start the plot, they give you a bunch of '90s quips and nonsense in the middle, and then they finish it. Go ahead and click it. But if that's not what you want, do not click it. <laughs> oh, anyway, all right. Well, um, so we I, we we might have some stuff cooking for next week. Um, but uh, well, you know we will. We always got some cooking for next Dude, week. This but... is we're the hottest podcast on uh, on Spotify right now. Yes, sir. And, and if that's a lie, then I think that they're lying because we. We're ga- we we're we're not Galvin, Ga Gavin Belsoning anything. That that's right. All right, Drew. On that note, good talk. See you out there. Big kisses. Sit down. Pull you that first round. You got an open count, toss it out. Everybody's cold right now. Stir up the crowd. Get you that second round Go on and throw it out Talking about anything that makes you get loud